cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Renegade Report. How are you, Ramon? I'm fine, ready. How are you? Yeah, I had a good week. I uh, um, told a sort of covert lefty where to get off. Uh, pretend to be an academic in the middle. Had enough of him. So you Twitter bullied someone, basically, and, yeah, and that yeah. makes your week good. No, well, it's just the kind of guy who uh, who, who who goes to a bar fight and and then throws a knife into the middle, then runs away and goes, I don't know what to do with the knife, I don't know. Um, so he just needed to be told that uh, pick a pick a position and at least uh, at least be brave enough to back it. So so you probably saved many people's lives this week. Um, a lot of good things happened, but the best thing that ever happened to you was telling an academic to get off on Twitter. This week? Low, low expectations. This, this, low expectations. This, this week, this week that, uh, that was... Uh, a key part of the week, sure. Um, I, you know, I kind of uh, got to change it up a bit. You know, can't be every week the same kind of uh, high expectations. I mean, uh, after all, uh, you know, you would know having such high expectations as a white person and all the things you're doing to black people, according to Julius Malema. I wish I had that much power. Imagine, just my existence makes black people sick and drug users. That's fantastic. <laughs> I wish I had that power. Not specifically for black people, but for my enemies. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's it's stuff like that that's leading us into the uh, Christmas Christmas break. Who knows what uh, 2017 will bring? Twenty uh, sixteen been good for you? Are you one of those people who's like, oh, twenty sixteen, I can't wait till it's over. I can't wait till life is over. Um, every year is a nihilist in you. Every year is crap. I don't care. Yeah. It's just a random set of numbers, guys. You realize this. So 2017 is probably going to be just as crap if you've got a shitty attitude towards how years work. No, it's going to be um, worse. I think it's going to be much worse. And For people who have expectations. Yeah, exactly. And, and actually, if you think uh, reasonably, you'll uh, probably find that many good things happened to you in 2016. What is this neoliberal construct called reasonableness? Wit. Neoliberal. Being reasonable, being rational. No idea what that means. A lot of people don't either. Right. On that note, our guest this week is Pumlani Majosi. Pumlani is a non-executive director at the Free Market Foundation. Uh, also uh, says he's a radio commentator and a policy analyst. Uh, and uh, Pumlani, welcome to the show. Hey, gentlemen. How are you? I like the way you guys spoke in the beginning of the show. Do we speak well? I think you guys spoke well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think not Roman bad. Roman really wants to have those powers. <laughs> not, not it sounds bad. like it. Not but not to do bad things, right? Who, me? <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I had power. Roman would do very bad <clears throat> things. He would, day one, collapse the state. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm still thinking, what's the bad thing about that? <laughs> well, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's what you would collapse it into. Well, can, into it what? can it collapse more than what it really is, to be honest? <laughs> but nevertheless, Fair point. so Pumlani, apparently, <clears throat> excuse me, you're not, you're not a real black person because you believe in capitalism. Who says that? A lot of people on Twitter. And of course, what happens on Twitter is completely true. So are you really a black person? I am. You can see me, I am. I mean, that's a thing. I mean, <laughs> I don't see color, Pumlani. <laughs> <laughs> you are color blind. <laughs> 
Yeah. Look, I mean, Roman, it's a, it's a very important statement that, that you've just made now. And that's the, the, the conception that is out there, which is very sad. And that people tend to correlate your thinking to, to your race. In other words, if you're a black person, you should think in a specific, in a specific way. If you are a white person, you should think in a specific way. It seems to be a trend not only in South Africa, even in the US as well. Around the world, that seems to be the case that if you are pro-market, pro-liberty, uh, pro-small government, um, live, uh, believing in individual freedom, then that means that if you are black, then you are setting off your black people, you know, right. or you are you are being a, I don't know uh, a garden boy, or if I if I a woman, you are I don't know a tea girl, all those insults that are, pa- are being passed to to people like us who believe in these ideas, and it's very sad, you know, because I mean it impedes a, a very critical and important and important debate that we are supposed to have as a country in terms of how do we move forward uh, on the challenges that we face at the moment. Yeah, sure. And the problem is if you if you racialize ideas, um, that is extremely racist. I mean, that's what authoritarian states around the world have been doing for centuries by saying these sort of people act in this way and believe in these things therefore we can you know, ostracize them in a certain way uh, but this is coming from within the black community to each other yes this is a serious part and I think also people they tend to misunderstand history a lot especially when you look into Africa I don't know if it's a misunderstanding. I think it's pure ignorance, but sorry for interjecting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know you are not a politically correct guy, so I was expecting that. But I'm trying to say that when you look at um, Africa, right, I was reading another article recently uh, that was written on, I think there's a website called FEE. I think it's the Economic Freedom Foundation along those lines, where they're writing about Africa and its history along free markets. In fact, free markets and trade, you know, and, and people owning property, private property rights, they date back to way before Jan van Riepik arrived in Africa, way before colonialists arrived in Africa. And people tend to misunderstand that, and they say that, no, I mean, um, if you are uh, pro-market and, 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 and pro-individual um, freedom, then you are some sort of a Western spy or something like that, whatever insult they toss out at you. Whereas the, the individual, I mean, freedom and their trade and private ownership, uh, it has been there from way before colonialists arrived in Africa. So that history as well is being ignored. As we've just said now, it's ignorance. People don't know about that. Sure. So, and, and partly because there is this wrong information that is being fed out or being um, distributed by the left-wing media, as you know, that right now, almost all over the world, the media is so left-wing, it's crazy, I tell you. We just call it fake news, to be honest. We are exactly right, it is fake news. <laughs> Anything from the left is fake news. <laughs> they don't deal with facts, they don't deal with logic and all that. So there's a sad part about it, that all these things that are being pumped out, they end up to sound as if they are true, when in fact they are not true, they are all false. Yeah. All right, so... Let's talk about some of the challenges we have in South Africa you mentioned. Um, challenges. Are you a politician? He said challenges. I'm oh using God. his word. It's, it's only it's fair. I'm not misrepresenting. I'm not going to greenwald the guest. I mean, it's only fair. I think it's important to talk about the grassroots challenges that are affecting this <laughs> And problem, all the stakeholders. This, this problematic situation we found ourselves in due to years of colonial oppression. <laughs> so... <laughs> So uh, our president, dearest, um, who seems to survive everything. I mean, that's not surprising, is it? No, it's not. I think it's it's not. Look, I've been reading a lot around the whole Zuma presidency and all that, and the way I see it, I just think that there's so much that is rotten within the ANC, right, in the sense that even the people who are around him at the moment, they know that 
they have their own skeletons in the cupboard. I don't know if I'm using the right term, something like that. Everybody there is in some sort of something, is having something in, in the cupboard. And it so seems that if Zuma gets pulled out of all this thing, and he has made it clear that, I think he said recently he's going to write a book, when he, I don't know when he gets retired or something like that. It's interesting that someone <laughs> who doesn't like reading would want to write a book. A book. I wonder what's going to be inside there. I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's the, the, the 7 million 850 lives of Jacob Well, in, in keeping with the people who support him, it should probably be one of those adult coloring in books. <laughs> Yeah, but and, and, not and how many pages will be that? <laughs> At least twenty. Yeah, you know, and about people who support him, I'm talking about so all those sort of lefties on who, who who frequent exclusive books at Hyde Park and and the waterfront. Yeah, well, uh, what, they go for a coffee. They literally don't buy the books. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, being uh, being a journalist and a stand up comedian doesn't pay well, Ramon. So you can only afford a coffee, but um, but. So he's he's uh, he he's he's surrounded himself with crooks. He's a crook himself. Yeah, and he has used his. I wrote recently that what he has done is that he has used his presidential powers to appoint people who themselves have their own skeletons in the cupboard, but yeah. also who will who whom he knows that for sure they will protect him in whatever that is okay, happening. Okay, but you you're quite a fan of our constitution, right? I, 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 Okay. Well, I don't not, not really. I don't think it's a perfect constitution. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I wanted to get to because yeah. you, clearly we've got a situation where we've got a constitution which gave the president too much power because, as you've just pointed out, mm. he's been able to surround himself with people who protect every avenue. I mean, the only thing Especially he to protect himself. Yeah. Importantly, yeah. Yeah. The only the only thing he he didn't have in the bag was public protector, and he's now sorted that out. And the judiciary it doesn't seem to have that. Uh, that. I mean, the judiciary has been very much. He has been losing almost every case. He's been taken into court, and mm. that's, that's that's what I have noticed okay, throughout the case. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, in terms of the all all the legal judicial uh, institutions, they are not on the side of Zuma, and we have seen that. Whether we're talking about the constitutional court, we. The, what came out in in in, um, in March this year or so, where he had um, I don't know I mean broke the his oath. Um, so we are seeing that uh, the public protector as well is not um, she's not she's never been on on his side. So we are seeing that in terms of all these judicial institutions, um, he has failed to to even though he has appointed people around him who makes sure that he you know he doesn't see his day in court, but. On the judicial side, I mean, he has never had that. That's what I have noticed as well. Well, I think he wanted it with Mohoeng uh, he, he wanted it, but he didn't get it. No, well, thankfully not. <laughs> thankfully not. Thankfully not. But, but uh, tell me more about yourself. How did you come to be like this this neoliberal white cap? Oh, well, not white. Uh, this neoliberal capitalist. <laughs> you say now what he's doing, Jonathan. It's, it's, it's official. It's he's, official. He's correlating there the whole. <laughs> yeah. It's official. Sorry, Pumran, you know what? It's over. I mean, I just want to know which white people kidnapped you and indoctrinated you with all these filthy ideas. Of How long did you spend with Johan Rupert? <laughs> but look, when I was a, um, when I, was, I was doing my honors at UCT at that year, so we had, we had three, I was staying in Kenilworth at the time and used to travel up and down to campus. And then the people I was staying with at the time, two, they were already, they were already out of university. The other one, 
His name is still, he's still my friend right now, Dr. Stephen Taylor. He was a researcher at the University of Stellenbosch at the time. Yeah. So, um, and then we sort of had, you know, discussions around nationalization, hours for nationalization and all that, seeing mm. that, you know, Malema is speaking common sense. You know, we should take these minds and distribute the world uh, across the population. And then he sort of gave me, you know, some sort of logical idea I said, no, this is how it should work. You know, the government should not intervene and take over these things because they are expensive, because government is inefficient, because there's corruption. You know, all these costs he tried to break down for me. Then the other day, I go into the lounge. She's lying there and um, on his couch, and he was reading the Milton Friedman book, Capitalism and Freedom. And then he showed me another specific chapter then. And I was like, really? I mean, in terms of, I think it was around education. And I was like... That's interesting. Who is this guy? I must find out about this Milton Friedman guy. And then I go to, in, to the internet. You know, internet has everything now. And I Google this Milton Friedman guy. I see these videos where he was giving lectures in the 1980s. I see the free to choose show that he did in the in 1980s. So I mean, I was so fascinated. I was so interested. And then I thought about what he's saying. I took it and then I said, you know, this is true. You know. This is how, in fact, life life works. You know, we are pursuing our separate interest, you know, and in the process, the other people benefit. And that is what Adam Smith, those are the concepts he came up with. Yeah. So that's how I was I was brought into, into the whole thinking. Uh, we are still friends with Dr. Stephen Taylor. He's now an advisor at the Department of Education. Um, so we hope he advises them right there. <laughs> yeah, we hope. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, you were for nationalism. You were quite a supporter then of what, Julius Malema was saying, I imagine, you know, you, you, you've kind of done a 180 um, and now you probably wouldn't be very supportive of what Julius Malema says. Certainly his latest round, it seems the last two months he's gone on a new attack. So uh, he's, he's had many sort of phases. He's had the nationalize the mines. That was his kind of, well, he's had the will die for Zuma. That was his first phase. Um, then he had the nationalize the mines. That was his sort of second phase. Uh, then he had... That bit where he went after the banks, um, you know, ABSA yeah, must be, uh, ABSA, yeah. yeah, must be nationalized as well, which is hilarious because it actually was kind of a national bank, um, <laughs> <laughs> under apartheid. So, you know, yeah, let's do that again. Um, and, uh, and then he, he, uh, he's now gone after basically an identity politics line. It's all about white people now, eh? Yeah, it's, it seems to be all about white people and upsetting, yeah, you know, M- Myrtle in her little There's um, the white flat people in sp- Kelani. White people are spreading diseases to black people. White people are causing unemployment. White yeah, people I, are doing that. You know, and of course, the white people also take the bait. I mean, I, I also see people freaking out on Twitter. He can't say this. Yes, he actually can, people. It's called freedom of speech. Um, so, <laughs> exactly but we right, can call yeah. him an idiot for saying it. So, mm. so... Where do you think he's gone right, if at all? Um, where do you think he's gone wrong? And, 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 and why do you think he does seem to have at least some support? I, I don't think it's as big as the media would have us believe, but he does have some support. No, he does have support. Um, he does have support. I saw his, uh, I think it was his manifesto, they say, in Orlando, fully packed, the red T-shirts and parades. And, and, and I mean, I was, I got terrified by that, you know, because what he stands for is failure. That's what Malema stands for. He stands for radical left-wing socialist way of thinking. Right now, they are mourning the 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 the, the death of Fidel Castro because they saw him as this towering figure who brought freedom and and well, they call it freedom in in their own definition, whatever that means, mm. of which is the opposite of what we stand for. Mm. So Malema has 
I think since he came in, he came in with the since he came into the political scene, he came in with the wrong ideas, ideas that have entirely failed. The ideas that date back to the 1940s, right? So we live in a new world now, and we uh, socialism has been tried in many ways, and it's not it doesn't work, right? So now. The way he's doing now is to come in in a multiracial country as our South Africa, a very diverse country, in a country that is just about 22 years out of uh, apartheid right now. So he's using all that now. He's saying it's white people, it's white people, it's white people, as if really white people are the problem in this country. And I've written about this, that white people in this country, they are part of this country. I cannot say... Roman and Jonathan, they are not from this country. I mean, how you get both of their race? I'm not from this that country. That is racist. <laughs> I, I am. I am. I'm completely screwed. I'm South African passport. That's all I got. <laughs> so my point is that he's using race. Of which, when I look at, it seems to be that seems to be the case with all the radical lefting people. Because even in the US, Bernie Sanders was saying it's these rich people. You see, they always point into a specific group of people. If it's not white or well, it's or, the oppressor or, and the victim, right? So, so you the, the victim, mentality. and you always have to find an oppressor. Yes. That's the way the system works. Yes, that's how. That's how. That is their world. That's how they see things, right? They don't see as we as individual people who are who are producing, investing, thinking for ourselves, doing what is in the best of our interests, right? I was hearing this morning uh, a, a listener who, was, who called Radio 702, and he was saying that, I think the question was, he, he was saying that now it's time to think about why, what is that white people should do, you know, given the fact that they are advantaged, given the fact that they benefited from apartheid, what is it that white people should do? And then I tweeted back to, I think, Stephen Krutus, who was on the show, and I'm saying to him, no, 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 white people have, white people, they, they do not have, they don't have to, to, to give away 50% of their income mm-hmm. or 10% of it, no. All they need to do it's just for them to produce, invest, pay taxes like everybody. Both you all do pay taxes, sure. and they become citizens of the country, right? But it is the government who has to. Development needs to be done by government, the way I believe it, right? Mm. Uh, government needs to ensure that there is police, there is courts, there is all that. What government cannot? I mean, there is no point in saying that it is white people. White people, white people, they need to pursue their separate interests as much as I, as a black person, pursue my separate interests in terms of. But even separately from their race, because I, I think. Uh, we would probably both agree that no white, well, not no white person, but m- most white people, just like most black people, don't wake up in the morning and go, okay, I'm white. What next? Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, what they do is just about furthering their, themselves. Well, I don't know about you. I wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm white. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I, thank God. You're proud of being your white. You're, you're on your own here, Ramon. It's just you. Just you. But I've been told I'm the great purveyor of injustice and inequality yeah. in this world, and I'm going. I'm the purveyor, not the victim in this yeah. case. Mm. <laughs> I hear you, Mr. Roman. So I guess, but my main point is that we need to. The main argument I have made about the past two years or so, ever since I moved into these ideas. is to try, and I've become enemies with my. I used to have friends. Some of them have left me. Or for, for for many reasons, yeah. But I know the, feeling. The, the main argument I have made is that we face many problems in this country, right? And the way we should fix them moving forward is to we as a nation. I shouldn't look at Jonathan and Roman and say that they owe me something, right? Rather, I should say to myself, what is I can contribute in this country to make a difference, right? That's how we should see one another. Right. I shouldn't say that you guys, because you are white, you therefore owe something. And that is what Malema is selling, 
right? Because even if you, even if I mean, we we had, we had to take all your wealth from your families, guys. I don't know how much wealth you guys have, but. <laughs> You probably you probably have nothing, quite, but because you are un- white, it's, it's relatively <laughs> unimpressive. I, I mean, it's all relative, isn't it? Because yes. my wealth to someone who lives in a squatter camp is 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 fortunes. Uh, yes, my, that's true. My wealth relative to someone like Tito Mboweni, I can tell you I'm poor in comparison. That's exactly true. And um, he's not white, by the way, Mboweni. <laughs> <laughs> I had a notice. Once again, the colorblind thing. Thanks for letting yeah. us know. Yeah. I didn't know either. Um, um, sorry. Can I speak now? You, you can. But I was going to get into the how he doesn't like government, which is just like your thing. Uh, yeah, sort of, sort of. But but going on to your, to your thing, I understand the Kumbaya, let's build the nation together type thing and i agree with it in most respects but do you think malema has a point in anything or is the whole thing like a complete sham like land what do you think about land what do i think about land it's an interesting question because recently i think there's an article that was written by rian Malan is a fellow at the Institute of Race Relations. And he tried to break down the whole history of land, you know, of where we come from. Because to me, I think the whole, the IRR has done a very interesting research on this. And that is, black people, they want to become part of the, let's, I'm just, so, so I'm going to racialize this because it's all a racial issue, the issue sure. of land, yeah. And the assumption is that, Black people, the land must return to black people to its right, rightful owners, yeah. It so seems that according to the research by the RR, people are mostly interested in modernizing, right? They want to move into cities. They want to get jobs. They want to produce. They want to live in, in urbanized areas. But politicians, they are using the whole land issue so that they draw votes, right? So the fact that no land, it's all about land now. Land, right now as we speak, agricultural um uh, contribution to our GDP, I think it's just above two percent. If I'm not mistaken, no, it's, it's, it's I think we had someone on the show. I think it, uh, Cecilia said it was she about said, six or eight. About six or eight, but it's single digits. It's right? it's not high. Yeah, it's not high. Right in the US, I think I was I saw not long time ago that over the past thirty years or so, agriculture has been declining. Right, because the reason being, people yeah. are kind of modernizing, moving into that kind of digital new world. You know, that we are seeing right now. So. The whole point is that the whole land issue has been, as Franz Cronier is saying, it's been used by politicians to seem as if it's what black people really, if only we could get land, right? And that's not the case, right? People, they want to modernize, want to part of the, the new urban world. They want to move into cities, own cars and all. They're looking for opportunities. They're not looking to stay in the countryside and, and stay there and own this big chunk of land. Because, I mean... And that's what we need to understand as a country. But politicians like Malema, they use that to 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 distort. I mean, the whole the, everything that is out there. Yeah, because uh, unfortunately, for for most politicians, uh, the average African is actually quite reasonable in what they want to achieve. They know very well that a job is the most important factor yes, in their life. True. Education is the second most important factor. Uh, security is the third one. Land, I think out of 100% of the respondents, 2% said land reform would drastically improve their lives. Hmm. But the problem with the problem is Malema actually has a following and these people, you know, do believe him and, and they are happy to say, you know, I'll be glad to kill a white farmer on, on Twitter at least. And They'll say that. That's the thing. That's a sad part. And the reason is because even when you look around the world, even in the U.S. as well, you will see that that left-wing way of of um, of looking into the world, Bernie Sanders or so, all that, it was very much, especially in this election campaign, 
that finished in November this year. It, the youth was so much behind Penny Sanders. I mean, he had huge support among them. But they saw the 90-year-old men, they, they were all supporting. <laughs> Which was quite strange. I was like, seriously? Um, I great- mean, I know I'm being an ageist, but like, no, no, you know, was- you've got a whole bunch of millennials who kind of stand for something new and whatever, and their, 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 their god king is, is Bernie Sanders. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's the thing right now. And we are seeing there's that appeal of socialism, Roman, and and it's very sad that something that has failed the Soviet Union decided to dump it away because it wasn't working. But it seems to be appealing to many people in the country. Well, the only, the, the only reason that socialism is alive and well, and Marxism specifically, is because academics have tenure and are able to dispel these uh, these theories about Marxism. Marxism was a failed philosophy from the start, you know, but um, it manages to stay alive in universities. That's a sad part, you know, and uh, I've had um, I've got I've got into another heated debate with another academic from. Uh, from uh, vet, <laughs> well, I've said quite nasty thing, nasty things about them there. But that seems to be the case now. Academia is so left wing; it's crazy. No, it's Italian. always been that, and and it's all uh, well, but it shouldn't be the case. That's the main point. It doesn't have to be like it's that. Been a concerted effort though, from since the sixties. So, so there's been a concerted effort uh, on the you know on the part of sort of cultural Marxism to to infiltrate if if for yeah, academia. Of a better word yeah. academia and the 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 problem is is that that feeds everything else so journalists go through universities traditionally uh, so they will be trained by these people they will then if you need an expert your expert well it helps if you've got professor in front of your name so those people usually come from universities that's true um, yeah. and in terms of diversity of thought, which doesn't exist anymore. The left loves diversity, but they hate diversity of thought. So um, if you if you look at uh, – we don't have statistics for South Africa, but if you look at the United States campuses, um, the numbers of sort of liberal in the term – in the American version of that word to what conservatives. Say, d- d- Democrats and Republicans. Of, no, I, could, I don't know if that's even reasonable. But anyway, left to – very far left to kind of center or center right mm. uh, is five to one. And in some places, specifically the east coast of the United States, mm. it's 25 to one. Mm. Um, so there's no diversity of thought. So if you're going to go to Columbia, you know, good university, Columbia, Harvard, Yale, uh, it, lots of universities are, are – on the East Coast, uh, you're only going to get one um, sort of political view. One way of thinking, yes. And and that's the other point. is not only about political thinking. It's about just a way of thinking. So the yeah. way you can package any kind yeah. of uh, curriculum can yeah. be packaged. And that gets fed to the young people, right? Sure, sure. Who go out and there now with their banning building. They want things for free. Yeah, and also remember that, that, that a kid coming from home where mom and dad paid for everything, going to university where everything is essentially paid for in some way, mm. very often, even if it's a loan, it's still, they, they haven't always had to work for the money, um, yet. Uh, they have no sense of the real world. So it does sound reasonable when you give them these ideas like, why should the CEO of a bank earn X, X millions yeah. um, when I, you know, flip burgers on the weekends and I only earn ten dollars an hour. Yes. They, they, they go, oh yeah, no, completely makes sense. But they've, it's because they've, they've never really had insight and exposure to the real world. Well, they, they didn't watch Milton Friedman videos. No, they were not. But I look, I watched. I have to be frank with you. I watched Milton Friedman. It was at my owners, owners, uh, owners. Same here. Yeah, same yeah. Here. So you see, so the whole undergrad, I was a socialist. <laughs> So, shame, guys. 
I, I take it, I mean, I, I'm always, I'm not that tough on them when they are socialists from second day to third day. I, I forgive them. But if they go into honors, then they completely still socialists. I, I think the real danger is, so you want people to be able to be presented with a better argument and to be able to change their views. That's true. Um, and I think, you know, if I reflect back on 2016, there's quite a co- couple of things um, over the past year and over the past couple of years that I've shifted my opinion on because I've been given better arguments. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, don't lie. Oh, come on. You were like a, a proper uh, Republican when we met. I'm still a proper Republican. <laughs> um, but um, the, the, the point is, is that uh, it's a bit, it, it seems like we're getting to a point where unfortunately, and this goes to both sides actually, uh, people won't accept arguments and be shifted by a better argument. They're just kind of stuck. And it's, it's also this thing of putting yourself in a box. Uh, you know, if I believe, for example, in a concept like minimum wage, which is a sort of socialist kind of left, uh, leaning concept, uh, then I have to believe in all the other concepts that fit on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. I can't say, for example, uh, believe that because I've been presented with a good argument, uh, against minimum wage, I can say, okay, I'm abandoning minimum wage, but I still believe in mm. some other kind of left left argument or right argument or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, and that's where the Democrats, Republicans thing come in because now, in, certainly in the states, and I think this is happening in South Africa as well. You've got a you've got a, an F supporter, an EFF supporter is this where you can nail them down to it's to exactly what they would stand for. There's yes, no individuality yeah. in it. That's true. Um, and it's 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 very dangerous when that happens because it's it it doesn't allow for any change for any kind of perspective from the individual to go, okay, I'm buying into a different view on this thing. I still mm. take my other stuff, but I'm buying into a different view on this. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I'm 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 in line with you. I get I agree with what you're saying. That, that whole rant and he agrees. Um, <laughs> but let's uh, you mentioned the Americans. Let's uh, you had some stuff to say on Twitter. You're not a but big what? You, well. You're not a big fan of Obama, which I'm uh, glad to hear because finally we found someone else in South Africa who's black. Um, say it. Say it. No, <laughs> another person. Um, no, Obama's black. When? <laughs> um, oh, there was a great comment on uh, on uh, what Obama. Uh, I think it was Ben Shapiro who said that Obama. Uh, his whole point of his presidency was to make himself ubiquitous. So he said he wasn't very good at governing, but every time you turned on the television, whether it was Dancing with the Stars or Jimmy Kimmel, or <laughs> there was that bloody oak, there he was. There was always a bomb on your television. Well, no he matter was, what he he was, was the first celebrity president. Yeah. Yeah. He went to every he, talk show. I think so. Uh, yeah, wasn't Ronald Reagan it was, He came from movies and, and then He was a movie star first. Obama's becoming a movie no, star. Uh, you know what Obama was? He was the reality... He was their reality TV president, and then they're surprised when a reality TV star becomes their president. Yeah. Um, but what do you think of? Uh, I mean, you, you think Obama hasn't done great things for the for the African American population in America? Um, I agree. But do you want to expand on that? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I was looking at another statistics not long time ago, where it showed that poverty has risen, food stamps have risen amongst the black um, the black community. Um, also, the whole violence. crime issue, violence has risen, and that's a serious concern that has been um, that has been uh, concerning many people, like Thomas Sowell and Shelby Steele and Jason Riley, all these guys who I kind of align to their thinking as well, who have inspired me to think in this partic- particular way. Um, no, Obama hasn't done, and it's very sad because the way he has been, he was. 
you know when he came in he was treated as this the savior you know this this new world mm. you know hope and change yes this hope and change it was coming and the worst thing it did was that he he tried oh, i don't know if i could say he tried also but he, he kind of moved america to the left the way i saw it right and the way he moved it to the left is that he is supported for example, Obamacare, right? The whole Obamacare that was pushing for. That doesn't mean that there shouldn't be some sort of, um, but it should be market-oriented way of, you know, assisting those people who cannot afford. Yeah, um, I, I think I think uh, those people who don't understand the context of that are 320 million people in the country, 11 million who had no access to healthcare. So what he does is he overhauls the entire system for all 320 well, well, million. It, it was see, medical insurance. He's a socialist way of overhauling all of that. Yeah, you see. So I mean. He does it entirely. I mean, from my side, it, I, I don't think he has done stuff for, especially for the black community. Because they, that's how we have view that now. You know, the, all the left uh, they were thinking that you know what now for black people, this is the fact that we have a black president now achieved something. I and, have a question, and it shows him that that wasn't the case. You know, look at how the black community has done. This question yes. is a bit controversial, but do you think Obama is actually black in the cultural sense? Well, some people have opposed that uh, the 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 you know the proposal I, I, that he's he's uh, I don't see him black. I don't see him like jamming to rap music. I don't see him. <laughs> he does love Drake. I mean, I said you rap, know. I said rap, not pop shit. <laughs> but I don't, I don't see him. I don't seem like as African American in any way. He he speaks like a white. Person. Well, we are not alone. Reason being. Um, the reason being, I think some people have made an argument that he was born by a white mother and a black father. And yes. he, grew, he spent up most of his childhood, in fact, all of his childhood in America with his mother, right? In Hawaii. So he is in Hawaii. Black people there. Not in Kenya with his dad, or maybe mm. his dad wasn't there most of the time. Oh, well, and when he was there. out of the country in Indonesia, which is a very different culture. You see, so which was very, so he didn't experience that, 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 that black culture that Americans, yeah. and, the, and those people who make that argument, they make it mostly on those, on those bases, right? Um, but I mean, to be frank with you, I'm really, I think also the obsession over this thing of, and I was, I was saying this to, uh, my other friend that I think for the left, Obama over the past, I would say, let me put it to 10 years, right? He was a very important figure, right? They've always been important figures from both sides of the political spectrum, the way I see it. When you look at the 1980s, you'll have to say Ronald Reagan, you have to say Margaret Thatcher, right? These guys were very much pro-market, pro-liberty, kind of. So these are our icons from us, that side. Obama was an icon from the other side. I would put it that way. Because he emerged as this guy was very... Outspoken, the guy was passionate, the guy was who came to save the world to create a fair, equal society, right? Mm. And the way he has done, rather, I mean, over the past, uh, the whole time he's been in office, he has also done this thing of, you know, this, these class wars that people are down because of, of, uh, of the rich, you know, all these things are being thrown around. Whereas when you look at statistics, that's not the case. Right. So he has built that kind of those class tensions. Right. And say that people are not doing well because of the top one percent. Whereas, I mean, when you look at the data, you see that really there are dynamics that have to be put into us, that there are factors that that make it seem like as if those people are making more than the other people. And also the proposals he is making towards how do we we lift people from low standards of living to higher ones? It's all left-wing socialist way of addressing. But but isn't it it a case of, it's got nothing to do with him making the lives of 
you know, f- specifically focusing on, say, the African-American community, I think that's where the mistake comes in, right? You go, black president, it'll be good for black people. Uh, uh, Catholic president, good for Catholic people. Yeah. Truth be told is, if your ideology is a sound ideology, right, and you take your whole country forward, it's good for everyone, mm-hmm. including the community from where you emerge. Yes. Um, and I think that's where he, his, his real problem is, is even if he really wants to, and let's be uh, charitable and say that, you know, he really wanted to improve things for the black community and, and has somewhat failed. Um, I think that he's failed because his ideology is wrong and he's actually <laughs> not only failed for the black community, but he's failed for the entire American. Yeah, he's failed for um, the entire America. Uh, and that's why, you know, you can like it or not, but the reality is, is that uh, that's why he lost he lost the election as much as Hillary lost the election. Um, yeah, and shame. He was fighting very hard for for <laughs> well, he Hillary was. to he, be. He was the night before he was giving speeches, as was Michelle Obama. Um, yes. <laughs> what do you think that Donald Trump win does for Obama's legacy? I hope he scraps almost everything <laughs> Obama did. <laughs> No, I'm, right. being, I'm being frank with you. I'm being honest. Okay, what, I hope he, okay, okay, but except the Iran deal, what, I don't think he should scrap that. And also the um, trying to to move away from the whole Cold War way of thinking between Cuba and the US. I don't think he has to. He has to find ways of 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 working with them, or at least to move away. Sure, from, but but if he moves away from that with Cuba, surely he should uh, do apply the same logic to Russia, because um, Obama has brought us into another cold war with or not us but the u.s and and look in south africa we're going to fall with russia um <laughs> I, i'm going to be the one of the people i assume all of us in studio how, will fall on the other how side. else are we going to get into into nuclear power without russia man <laughs> but they, how? They, ask him roman they're going to power this nation <laughs> but, to victory but, uh, against but, but, but he's created another cold war you know that administration has created another cold war with russia i mean uh, the, the russians certainly don't get on with the u.s very well at the moment um, that you know, there's there's a lot of hysteria about Trump, um, and not a lot of sort of logic. There's some stuff he's done that's good so far as the elect president elect in terms of appointments. There's some stuff that's a bit average. There's nothing actually terrible yet. Um, what do you what do you think the chances are that he'll do those things? Scrap stuff um, that be more pro liberty. I mean, to me, Donald Trump is an undercover Democrat. He is, but he's a, he's a better. Democrat than Clinton. That is why I, was, I've, I agree with you. Yes, that is why I've argued even when it came close to the election that having to choose between Trump and Clinton, I would go for Trump. And I made that very clear. Mm. Reason being, even though Trump was, um, even though you could argue that Trump is, well, he used to be Democrat, or sort of had, but he was, he was a, a less harmful, <laughs> especially when it comes to the constitutional court, to the US uh, Supreme Court, yeah. which I think was the main the critical thing for me since Justice Scalia passed away early this year, mm. that I wanted someone who will be uh, an originalist, someone who will uphold America's constitution, someone who will believe the idea of small government and all that. And that person had to be in the Supreme Court. And given the the whole list that uh, the list of the nominees that were put through, I think there were twenty by Trump. In, as to yeah, who, potential, who potential, is potential for the Supreme Court. Which I think he'll change. I think he's going to nominate and, and I, I hope it doesn't because he flip flops a lot. You see, that's the issue with Trump. He flip flops a lot. Yeah. And we hope that it doesn't change. So far, I've been happy with many of his appointments, right? Education, the lady, I think it's. Um, the creationist. Well, but in terms of school, I see the idea of creationist. <laughs> 
this whole question is I understand that. I think I was speaking to Ivo Vechter this week and he was saying that he's not happy because these are kind of far-right Christian <laughs> conservatives is yes. appointed. But I'm saying that all, all we've advocated for, especially me and the RR and the Free Market Foundation as well, and I believe in that, the day of school choice and, and private run. And vouchers you know, and things like and that. And all that. And that lady stands for that. His religious beliefs, we hope it doesn't bring them into the whole education system thing. Well, and also if you believe in voucher schools and charter schools, the reality is, is those schools will probably be able to decide their own, um, yes. their own way on whether they teach yes. evolution or creationism. Yes, yes I think and, they're stupid and, to and, teach and creationism, Jonathan, but yes. that's their choice. Exactly. And Jonathan, the main thing that I, I made me to oppose Clinton was that her party, the Democratic Party, has a huge support from teacher unions. The teacher unions, they oppose the whole school choice, uh, charter schools, the, the expansion of charter schools across America. Yeah. For those main reasons, I said, no, I cannot. She supported the minimum wage strongly. She said it could be pushed to, to even $15 an hour or so. Yeah. That I oppose that as well. What, right? what, okay, let's talk minimum wage. What, what's, it, what's the issue with minimum wage? Because we've got this. It's not only an American issue now. It's a South African issue. Now. Cyril Ramaphosa um, is putting it. Through. Yeah, Cyril of all people. The guy who Cyril. wouldn't negotiate at Lonman. <laughs> now he wants to tell us about minimum You're wage. You're deplatforming me in my own podcast, by the way. I'm trying to talk here. You must invite him here, Madam Ramaphosa. We'll, we'll invite you to uh, uh, invite pause there. I'd rather have a conversation with a wet fish <laughs> or a dead buffalo. Yeah, yeah, the sound the sound of the <laughs> the sound of the of the blood from the buffalo's neck will be far more interesting. <laughs> um, but no, the problem with the minimum wage is just not enough. I mean, I've always advocated for at least twenty thousand rand a month minimum for everyone in the country, and then we'll solve poverty. Don't you I think? I think you and I think the same way. I tweeted this not long see, time ago. These these, these, these yeah. rejects these these. <laughs> Tyrants of equality, like Cyril. Why don't you make it twenty-five thousand rand a month? Okay. Well, do you want to tell us economically why you don't make it twenty-five thousand rand a month? <laughs> That's because people will lose jobs, and the whole idea is that. Well, and inflation will go through the roof, amongst <laughs> other things. I mean, twenty-five thousand will suddenly be worth two and a half. Exactly. That's how it is. So now, Leon puts this very right in a very logical, uh, smart way. He says that the minimum wage is about how many people do want to kick out of work. <laughs> <laughs> if you make it twenty five thousand in a month, oh my god, thousands of people are going to lose their jobs, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you make it ten thousand rand, people are still going to lose their job, but proportional to that minimum wage. If you make it five thousand rand, it's the same thing. So that the politicians should ask them, okay, guys, now tell us how many people do I take out of work? <laughs> That's how it works, you see. And in this country, we have almost. Almost 9 million people are unemployed in this country, right? It's crazy the way it is right now. Unemployment went up right last month to 27.1%, if I'm not mistaken. Inflation has gone up to 6.4%. To take, to put in a minimum wage, which we know we've seen the effects. Because, I mean, when you look at um, the agricultural sector, minimum wages, the, they were introduced in early 2000s. About 200,000 jobs were lost. So this is a challenge that we face. And the main challenge we face in this country is that we have low-skilled people who really rely on these low-wage jobs, right? So now to say that we should rather deny them the opportunity to get employed and be able to send their kids to school. It won't be fancy schools because their income will be low, but at least we'll be sending them to schools, right? I was having another 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 debate on, uh, on SFM, which was, which was very heated. And, and I said the same thing. 
But the callers, the way they put it was that I'm for the exportation of black people. Yeah. So how do you counter that argument? The one that says, you know, I go, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not for a minimum wage and someone, and then the immediate response from the other side is to say, well, you're obviously for exploiting people and paying them, uh, money that will, that is pointless. Essentially, I, I just want to use people. How do you counter that? Here's what I always ask people. I mean, what I tell people is that, you know, to be employed and to earn income is better than sitting at home. That's what I tell people. And the best thing you could do to test that is to go to people who are unemployed, these 9 million, and ask them, would you rather stay at home, at least get a wage, get employed, right? And then usually, the thing we need to understand that not, not all jobs pay low wage, low wages, or put it that way. Mm. For young people and for people, a minimum wage job or that job or that low wage job is a step for them to get experience, to earn something, and then move forward to a job that earns a higher wage. That's how you start, right? You don't start from a higher wage. So all these things, the minimum wage, the minimum wage, what it does is that it nixes all of that. It wants to cut out opportunities, and seventy-five percent of the of the I think close to seventy-five percent of people who are unemployed. It's young people. Right. Yeah. Because they don't have experience And many of them They haven't been given uh, Proper education Because of the public education system You know how, 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 how bad it is at the moment And now we are saying that now Do not give them that low wage job To start that first step And then after that Look for a wage uh, a job that pays a higher wage And people tend to understand uh, Tend to, misunder- to have that misunderstanding And uh, they always pose this question of morality how and and they say twenty two years into democracy. Another guy was on TV recently. I was with him. He's telling me, you know, we are twenty two years into democracy and people are earning two thousand rand. And I'm saying to him, look, man, I mean, you'd rather have earn something rather than staying at home. And then from there, you can look at how do you find a, a job that. What does the period into democracy have to do with it? Well, you know, sixty years into <laughs> horrible socialist and communistic thinking in Cuba, everyone earns twenty dollars a month. Yes. Yeah, and unemployment is four percent. Someone was uh, praising the statistics from Cuba. <laughs> oh, at at three hundred rand a month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to build a road there, they don't give you a shovel; they give you a teaspoon. Yeah, so it could create more jobs. <laughs> create more jobs, don't you know that? It's brilliant for yeah. three hundred rand a month. <laughs> Everyone's so that's, equal, that's the way. Ramon. That's what's important. That's Everyone's equally is. poor, and yeah, good for them. Especially, but there was a great tweet about. Cuba while we're there. Someone said Fidel created a vibrant, democratic and rich Cuban community in Miami. <laughs> yeah, in Miami. <laughs> yeah. How good is that? So Pumlani, how long have we got? We got it, we got time. Oh, we got time. Um so if you were if you were I mean you black, you can become president. If you were well, this guy says I'm black again. <laughs> he always resorts to raise this guy. <laughs> Terrible, Apparently terrible. Apparently we can't have white White supremacists. He's basically Steve Bannon's cousin. I mean, that's what we're dealing with. A lot of people say with. we can't have a white president. No, no, look, Roman, years. don't, 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 uh, don't be hopeless on that. Uh, Trollip, Trollip, yeah, Trollip became a, a, a I'm mayor. hopeless on everything. <laughs> don't be worried. This is me. Um, but no, but I mean, if you had to be president, say you were given executive powers to, to jumpstart uh, the economy and make South Africa great. Again. Again No not again. When was it great During uh, apartheid uh, Before colonialists came 1346 <laughs> Ramon I believe was the year That's right It was an <laughs> excellent vintage uh, Cabernet uh, Produced by the Khoisan um, So yes 1346 Right So if you want to make South Africa great again uh, what would you do? Like, what would if, if he had the power? Just ignore the courts And all those things like, what, what would you want to do? Like how would you solve Unemployment? 
Oh, our rise of unemployment. That's such a rough question. <laughs> if you want an easy interview, go to 702. <laughs> I'm going there. I'm going there. Um, look, I think the whole issue is just, Leon has said that, look, we don't even need a national development plan. All we need to do is to liberalize the economy, right? Billions of friends are being taken away from taxpayers, from you, me. People are working very hard to get that. They're being, uh, also being taken away from the poor people through VAT and all that. And that money is being thrown into SAA. Tell me, what does SAA have to do with the poor people? Nothing, right? They can't even afford to get inside that. It gives them aspiration. <laughs> to get into a plane one day. So, But my point is that we have... And that slows down productivity. The moment you, you take away a portion of other people's money and you spend it inefficiently, what's on net balance, the net outcome is that it's a negative outcome. We are spending it into an airline that is sinking, right? An airline that is making losses for years. An airline that is managed by corrupt people mm. who have been um, appointed for political reasons. Just a point. You're not against SAA. Assuming, let's say, SAA ran at a profit and was a successful airline, that would be fine. because no, something it wouldn't be fine. Because it will be government owned. Yes, and 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 you see, that's the thing, and and that, no, that statement I always get it in, mm. in whenever I meet people or speak to people, and that is okay. But I mean, if things could be run all right, this idea is fine. But I'm saying, in a whenever something is socialized, it turns out that for some, I don't know if it's coincidence or whatever, yeah. things that they don't go the way they are supposed to be, and yeah. the best way you could eliminate that. And bring that efficiency and accountability is to let the private sector to run. Get out of airlines. Government doesn't have to own airlines. Sell it off, right? Yeah. yeah. Sell it off. And then the question is who would buy it? Of course, there would have to be some sort of an agreement who, whoever buy it at so a fair price. Get out of airlines, get out of uh, electricity production, get, get out, out of, of schools, uh, rail, out of schools, okay, <laughs> out of hospitals and healthcare. Get out of politics, I'd say. <laughs> All right, let's once, jeez, Ramon, always to the last point. Um, okay, so privatize, in other words. Yes, that's I your, think privatization your would be the first thing. I mean, if I were the president, if I would get in and be president, I've said this to, to my friends that I think people would, would have to be ready for what do they call it, Thatcherism. I don't know if I'm, if I'm pronouncing it right. Margaret Thatcher's way of yeah. Thatcherism, something yeah. Yeah, like that. But that's what it would be in my instance, right? I would embark on massive privatization as my main theme. The question is then, how do you do that with all the left-wing elements? The EFF would be there. COSATO would be the there. The unions, yeah. The unions would be there. And they would certainly be against that. And in South Africa, certainly there's that culture of if things are not in your favor, and then to take to the street and burn a clinic. And, but there's um, also... There's also... Um, destroy. There's also... Um, oh, what did you say? Yeah, we can also just shoot them, right? Shoot no, you. that's what the state does. If, if you go against them, well, they're well, happy to shoot you. But yes, when the Bukasato and all that's very easy. You just take away the Labour Relations they're not Act. They're happy to shoot you. You take away the Labour Relations Act. Kasatu's dead. Step that out. Yes, Labour Relations go. Act, which has had a huge impact on, uh, on on small businesses in places like Newcastle as well. The FMF Free Market Foundation has done a lot of studies around that. Um, the issue of parking councils. I mean, all that falls under the Labour Relations Act as well. So I would really scrap all the stuff and liberalize the economy, bring that uh, privatization into place. The only way we can improve our education, which I think is very critical over the long term, is to encourage the growth of independent schools. Right? Government should try by all means to minimize its role in education. Okay, so fees must fall. One thing, government to cover tertiary education for free is completely counter, Right. 
I've always said that the fees must fall, guys are just speaking. What's tell me, Roman? Say it, my friend. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> there, <laughs> there it is. You said it the right way. Because the reason being, and I've said this that nothing is for free, and tertiary education is expensive, right? We cannot really afford to to put in tertiary education is for free. And why should it why should it be for free? It shouldn't be for free. You must pay something. If you want to enter university, you must pay something. But then the question is then how can you and we forget one thing that this whole fees must fall. It was portrayed as if it's about the poor. And in fact it wasn't. Mm. Reason being in universities, less than five percent of um of students are poor from poor families. These are middle income, high income class people. And they don't want to pay anything. Yeah. That's crazy. Should, should we cater to the poor ones at least, that 5%? Even no, not for free. It shouldn't be for free. All I've said is that there could be or there should be um, – what's wrong with the loan system, right? Yeah. So, so it is free while you're studying, but once you have a decent job, you pay something Which back. means it's not free, basically. You are yeah. taking a debt. And people complain, but then you, you, they will be indebted by the time that – yes, it's our education, be indebted. So what, what, what's wrong with that? At least you know that during those years you are studying, you will choose a course that you know – people will, 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 will choose their courses smartly. They're not going to do almost anything, study ancient history or whatever. Well, I'm not trying to be nasty on it. But I'm trying to say that Yeah, the social sciences are less likely to get you a job It's a digital world um, yeah. You need to be, you know, almost every work that you find now it's, You have to be understand technology and all that So people will start with things that they know they will generate It will generate them high income And then because they know they, have, they need to get serious They need to pay back the money So the whole system, it's, if it's like that, if it's not free There is that kind of efficiency that comes along with it Because if it's for free I can tell you people will do whatever they want and 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 because they know it's for free and when things are for free it doesn't go up even the quality as well it will it, it, it will go down the way I say it so for the for the <clears throat> I mean I agree broadly with that but um yeah nevertheless what do you think of the you can I call you libertarian I don't want to miss um identify you <laughs> would you call yourself a classical liberal at least or a libertarian <laughs> and if you are what do you think of him Mashaba? As the mayor, because I think he's been the biggest disappointment this year. I expect the bullshit from the ANC and the DA and all that, but Herman, yeah. huge disappointment. What do you think about him? Okay, should I start with Herman or am I libertarian or not? I think I let me start with the the, the whole libertarian um, question you've asked. I think I'm more of um, I like to call myself conservative libertarian. Reason being, I like a bit of conservatism, especially American conservatism, you know, the way they think. Of course, I mean, I agree with uh, American conservat- conservatism, conserv- conservatives on many, especially when they get into social issues. They tend to be against gay rights, and I'm not sure why. Why shouldn't, <laughs> if I want to marry Roman, what's wrong with that, you see? <laughs> so those are areas I, I disagree them with. And then when they speak about police, the fact that, Police in the United States, they are not targeting black people because they are black, right? When they, when they argue that the conservatives in America, I agree with them, right? Because there is a high rate of crime in black communities that seems to be ignored by those who are sitting on the left and always blaming the police. So there's that, there's that crime that is taking place in, in, in black communities that is really destroying the black community and it needs to be spoken strongly against, right? right. So in that context that I am, um, and then 
I'm also a very, someone who believes in liberty, in the sense that you have your right to be, as I just made earlier, I have mm. a right to, to marry even both of you guys. That means if you guys are interested, I don't think you are. Well, I, I would be, <laughs> but you can't marry both of us because I'm just not into polygamy. <laughs> Roman, I will protect you, my friend. I'm, I'm married already. Thanks. Thanks for the offer, though. <laughs> so I will go look for someone. But my main point I'm making is that in that then aspect, then I do believe in those individual, individual rights and, and that government should be as small as possible. All right. right. So Herman, Herman, in fairness, we've given him a, quite a bit of flack on the show recently, and he's only been around for just over 100 days now. Yeah. So that is to be said. But I agree with Ramon is that there's nothing libertarian that's happened yet. That's happened yet. Um, you see, with Herman, I know Herman, and I know he's deep. That man is deep in philosophy. And I've known him for a while. Also, we used to be together at the Free Market Foundation. He's, he's, he has a strong foundation in these ideas. And he's a reader and he understands. The only thing that has really corrupted him in that, in that environment he's in right now, is politics, right? He gets into a party that really is, I don't know, Roman, do I use the right word, the DA? Oh, the DA? Uh, what, pan- <laughs> pandering? I'll be more polite. <laughs> Confused. Yes. So, I think yes. they're confused. Frankly. Confused, and and people, many people have been disappointed by the DA because it it's, it's, it was originally formed as, as a party that will be kind of a classical liberal organization, you know, alternative or okay, called organization. Yes, people have been disappointed with it. So he, he comes in with these ideas. He jumps to the DA, and then obviously the the internal political forces within him. I think they have constrained him. That's the way I see it from the outside. I don't yeah. know whether that is true, but that's, that's how I sense that. I know that man is deep in philosophy, and he does believe that. And he has said it even in his opening speech that government is not the creator of jobs. <clears throat> yeah. I've never heard a politician saying that in South Africa in a while, or maybe I've never heard one, to be frank with you, who says that the private sector creates jobs, not government. Everyone says that we'll come in, we will just, uh, put in more money into infrastructure to create jobs, we'll do that, we'll do, they all do. But Herman Mashaba believes that the jobs that are sustainable needs to be created by the, the private sector. So all I'm saying is that for me, I think he's a, I have also been disappointed with him, but I think it's all, it's not because of him, I think there are political forces internally within DA that are really repressing his, his vision or the way he's thinking. There are so yeah. many constraints that are there. Yeah, and it's a bit early. We'll give him that. Yeah. Right, we're, uh, we're out of time. Our first black guest in the world. Plani, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming. <laughs> this guy in black. Jeez. Eh? Um, it's, it's a diverse country. Yeah, you need to take over black like me from him and Mashallah. <laughs> we're not even uh, in India, ne? <laughs> sure. We had one two weeks ago. Right. Two weeks ago. Pumlani, so punch, your, uh, punch your Twitter and any other social media you want to punt. <laughs> Your Twitter handle is yeah yeah. My Twitter handle it's at Pumlan M Majosi. Cool. And then I have a Facebook page as well. Of course, I'm a celebrity. Of course. <laughs> Find me there. You'll see many likes after this podcast. Go go Pumlani, go! Give Pumlani a yeah. like. And if, and when you do that, give us a like on Facebook. For some reason, we lag you on Facebook. Yeah, we I lag don't know you why. We put such Please, quality you need to tell your mother to like us on Facebook. And share um, to all her friends at the Tupperware party. And obviously, you can find us on Twitter at Renegade underscore Report. We haven't given you the mailbox for a while. If you want to send us hate mail, Renegade Report mailbox at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, this yeah. has been another episode of the Renegade Report. The, the, the best conservative podcast in this country. And apparently someone was very, very upset that a review on iTunes said we were right wing. 
and we didn't denounce it because I don't know. I wonder what does right wing mean? Exactly, exactly. That's Who the knows? point. Good things in the left, good things on the right, and we'll take and pick what we choose, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for, for joining us. For, no, next show is our last one for the year. Yeah, we'll give you more details on that next time. Thanks so much. Cheers, eh? Bye. Cliffcentral.com.